Rhoda had kept him politely at arm's length until now, but he was prepared to wait. When he brought the Landau to a halt outside the station, he beckoned a porter over and indicated the luggage. While the man began to unload it, Tolly jumped down onto the pavement so that he could open the carriage door, flip down the step, and help the passengers to alight. He felt only the lightest of touches as Imogen held his hand, but when it was her turn, Rhoda gave his fingers a squeeze of gratitude, reinforced with a smile. He would have fond memories of both on the drive back home. Opened in 1850, Shrub Hill still had an air of novelty about it for Imogen and Rhoda. Regular travellers in Worcester might take their station for granted, but that was not the case with the two women. The only time they ever got to see the compact shape of Shrub Hill was on their twice-yearly visits to Oxford. For the most part, their lives were circumscribed by the limits of the Burnhope estate, and, generous as those limits undoubtedly were, they could nevertheless resemble the confines of a wooded prison. As they adjourned to the comfort and privacy of the waiting-room, Imogen and Rhoda both experienced a sense of release. They were free. Under the direction of Tolly, the porter positioned himself at a point on the platform where the first-class carriages would stop. Though it stretched for less than ninety miles between its termini, the Oxford, Worcester and Wolverhampton Railway had, in its relatively short existence, been a boon to those within reach of one of its many stations and halts. In this instance, however, it was only serving the three major communities— Having set off from the industrial haze of Wolverhampton, the express train was due to make a single stop at Shrub Hill before powering on to Oxford General Station. It was late, but punctuality had never been the company's strong point. In fact, the OWWR had been plagued by problems since its inception, and a woeful timekeeping record was only one of them. As soon as he heard the train's clamorous approach, Tolly strode quickly across to the waiting-room to alert Imogen and Rhoda. They were on their feet at once, and followed him down the platform to where their luggage stood. The porter tipped his hat to them. The train steadily lost speed as it clanked into the station. Imogen was thrilled to see the name on the locomotive's boiler, Will Shakespeare. In the past, she'd been lucky enough to see some of Shakespeare's plays performed, and had studied others when educated by a governess with literary inclinations. There was also a more personal reason why Shakespeare had a special place in her heart. A locomotive that bore a variant of his name was a good omen. She couldn't wait to get aboard. The porter had intended to ingratiate himself by opening the door of an empty compartment for them, but Tolly reserved that task for himself, darting forward the moment that the train came to a halt. Before Imogen stepped aboard, she asked for the valise to be put inside the compartment. The porter was told to put the heavier luggage on the roof. Tolly took the liberty of putting an arm around Rhoda's waist as he eased her into the carriage, and he was rewarded with a second smile. Having secured the luggage on the rack above, the porter joined him 
and beamed when Imogen reached out to press a coin into his hand. A second coin was given to Tolly, who touched his forelock in acknowledgement. Imogen resumed her seat, leaving the porter to close the door and gaze in wonderment at her through the window. She gets prettier every time I seize her, he observed with a sigh. Yes, said Tolly, eyes fixed on Rhoda. That she does. There was a slamming of doors, a cacophony of hissing steam, belching smoke, raised voices and rattling carriages. Then Will Shakespeare headed off on the fifty-seven-mile run to Oxford. Vernon Tolly stood there until the train vanished from sight, his mind filled with promising thoughts of Rhoda Wills. Desire stirred in his breast. He vowed that she would one day be his. As he sauntered back to his carriage, he was quite un-